Steve and I am joined by Kevin and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high concept time travel film Tenet. We are doing a minute by minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you Kevin? I I am good. I am uh, all jazzed to talk about one particular trailer that I saw uh over the last weekend oh oh maybe maybe we should start with that (laughs) yeah so let me just ask uh i saw uh right in front of avatar 2 the way of water um and uh i have to ask you what do you think of the barbie trailer i haven't seen the barbie trailer (laughs) should i see the barbie trailer you should check out the barbie trailer Uh, I know it's Margot Robbie and I'm a, I'm a big Margot Robbie fan for obvious reasons. <laughs> There's a big Margot Robbie in the Barbie trailer. <laughs> oh man. All right. Good to know. Okay. But uh, seriously though, the Oppenheimer trailer. What do you, what do you think of that? <laughs> we, got, so we got sound, noise, a vibe, I know, voiceover. I, I, I sent it to you like three hours after it hit YouTube thinking like, <laughs> I got, I got Kevin. This is it. And you're just like, I saw this already. I saw it in the theaters. I just like, got okay. back from the theater. Okay. Okay, guy. Whatever. It was um, a nice reminder after seeing that like three hour movie. <laughs> was it, well, before we get to the trailer, was that movie as horrible as I imagine it was? Are you kidding me? Do you not I like hate- the first Avatar? No, I think it's trash. Oh, okay. You'll hate this then. It's more <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> I think Avatar is one of the most overrated movies ever made. It, I don't disagree with that statement. Like, <laughs> it's not in any of my like top tens, but I like I enjoy watching it. <laughs> okay, I and I was I had, interested yeah. in this because James Cameron's never made a movie where he intends to make a sequel after it. You know, he's it's in a lot of ways this might be his worst movie just because it's the most incomplete movie. Mm. Um, Because he's setting Titanic two, by the way, he's setting stuff up that I mean, he's probably going to knock down in three because apparently no matter what this one does, he's already shot three. Like he did these Lord of the Rings style. Okay. Uh, So three is coming out no matter what. So there's stuff set up that doesn't get resolved. And also there's just bananas stuff that happens in the first five minutes where you're like, all right, Sigourney Weaver is a baby now she's a teenager it's weird (laughs) all right but then you go into the water and it's fun (laughs) (laughs) it's just fun there's like you see in the trailer where jake sully's like on a winged animal that jumps out of the water and it flies and he's got a machine gun well yeah i mean that (laughs) that makes sense that adds up um wow all right well Let's talk about the Oppenheimer trailer. Okay, yeah. We could just turn this into trashing Avatar Hour. Um, <laughs> it would be a good debate. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's our TED Talk. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Oppenheimer trailer. Uh, I loved like every second of it. I watched it like 10 times too. Because I feel like there might be some Easter eggs in there. 
and I'm not smart enough because to catch them because I, I don't have any Easter eggs other than, you know, there's a clock in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Is go, there a clock? <laughs> go, go figure. And the bomb uh, is like also his pupil in his eye. So like the bomb <laughs> footage, uh, actually, that rem- I, I, I have wanted to read about this, but like I'm also thinking like maybe I shouldn't read about it until after I see the movie. But similar to like Interstellar. Right. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know that. Do, so do you know like how they did the black hole in Interstellar? Are you familiar yeah. with how they yeah, did that? Yeah. yeah. Like the mathematical put, theories of a real black hole put into a image generator. Yeah. Right. Right. But like they put like serious computing power behind like the math and all that, like all, all the, all the, you know, physics of a black hole. Right. Like mm-hmm. so much, so much computing power that like real researchers took the data to actually study it, to understand like what black holes you know, could potentially be right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, really amazing stuff, but that's how you get like those incredible visuals in interstellar. And I feel like there's a story behind the visuals of like the atomic sequences we see in this Oppenheimer trailer, right? Like you have, you have the explosions, but then you also have like these particles traveling, you know, on their, in their orbit, right. To some yeah. extent, it looks like, uh, or like eons or something. I don't that, know. I'm yeah. Not a, it does like see It almost looks like and he definitely is interested in like quantum mechanics oh, and yeah. stuff and visualizing uh, that kind of stuff. Cause he tenant to, to go back to tenant for a second is all about oh, quantum right. mechanics, but if it was in people <laughs> and not in particles and now in Oppenheimer, it looks like, okay, here's what particles would look like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am, yeah. I am curious. I want to read about it. I want to understand how he did it um how we filmed it and stuff i don't i don't know if i want to read about it until like i said after the movie or i might i might cave and just read about it beforehand also entertaining are the comments on the you know in youtube around the trailer and how uh like there's already angry people because there's always angry people on the internet about how this is like glorifying the bomb and glorifying western civilization for you know, dropping the bomb and all that. Yeah, I don't know much about, like, Oppenheimer, if he was, like, a problematic person or what his real history is. I don't even know who, like, Robert Downey Jr. is playing. Like, who are these people? Who's Matt Damon playing? Leslie Groves Jr.? There's a lot of big names in this. Strauss? Maybe his most star-studded cast ever. Florence Pugh, she's hot right now. Hot in general. Kenneth Braun is back. Gary Oldman's back. Emily Blunt is in it, right? David Krumholtz is in this? The guy who played the elf in Santa Claus? <laughs> I don't know anything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more versed in film history. <laughs> uh, hold on. James Remar, Jack Quaid, Randy's uh, son. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, no, Dennis, Dennis Quaid's son, sorry. I was going to say Randy, no, not, not Randy, Quaid's <laughs> Randy, Cade, Randy Quaid's kids, man. They must be a special Rami, bunch. Rami Malek, Josh Hartnett. He, he, he pulled Josh Hartnett out of the frozen Biofrost. One of the Scars guards, Casey Affleck. Uh, yeah, that's, that's everybody I recognize. Oh, Emily Blunt. Too. I said that. Where you been? Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Check, I was, I check was, the I, tape. 
I was staring into the, I was lost in uh, Kenneth Branagh's eyes on IMDb. <laughs> Where am I at? Okay. But it looks great. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. I'm also excited. Uh, and stay tuned for the Oppenheimer podcast. Oh yeah. We, we're, that's probably the only other movie we'll ever actually do a good review of on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into it. Um, I am at, this is episode 46. Uh, I am on the red team, obviously. Uh, We left off last week in my minute where the turnstile inside the Freeport just started to turn. So like really, really great suspenseful moment. Really great timing to end the the podcast on. And let's jump back (laughs) into it. So we're at 4521. The turnstile is opening at the Freeport. And then uh, I have I have to piggyback on on your verbiage here. Okay. Uh, later protagonist, right? That's what you called him. Yes. Okay. So the the later protagonist reverse jumps out um, of the uh, the turnstile and is automatically like already fighting with the the protagonist, <laughs> which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned last week the detail here is really really good because the moment he jumps out in reverse on the other side you do see and it's very like blurry right because it's out of frame and stuff but you do see the other protagonist running uh out of the the turnstile also so good good detail there uh then we go to the next shot uh and the later protagonist has his hand around the protagonist's neck like he's choking him right (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh so it's like that final (laughs) move before he's able to jump into the turnstile you know from from your minute just a, a couple episodes ago um, also in this shot, so I think I found a bug, uh, in this shot, uh, we see the other protagonist run. So also like really good attention to detail, but he's out the door, right? So he runs, he's out the door. We see that through the glass, but then the very next shot is the other protagonist basically leaving the, the turnstile running through Neil and then out the door. So it's like, it's actually like a split second off. If you think about mm. it. Yeah. Not a huge deal, right? It, but, it happens. I, I noticed a lot in rewatching closely those scenes that there's. Yeah. They must have been like really fine tuning those editing decisions. Yeah, the, like you can't me. show you can't show both split seconds at the same time. So I think it's the only way you could you really could do it. Because with the fast cutting, it's almost like they have to go. Well, the human brain needs time to process what they're seeing, so we need a certain amount of seconds on each shot. You know, to and but to keep them fight scene moving too right um so yeah then we go back to the protagonist the gun is in the early protagonist's hand now and it starts to reassemble as he's holding it then the clip goes into the gun the final piece uh and then they wrestle up against the window um and then you know since i'm coming from this movie from the beginning we're just led to believe that this guy in the suit is trying to shoot the protagonist, but obviously he's intentionally missing. Right. Yeah. He's, um, what did we decide? He's trying to inch himself closer to the turnstile. Well, right? we're, we're, but now we're inching closer to the exit door. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're in, you're in, we're in, I'm, in no, I'm in normal time. Normal <laughs> right. time. It's kind of funny. Like from my perspective, I was on the side of the later protagonist. <laughs> right. No, no, <laughs> I'm we're... still kind of in that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that here's the thing, right? Like my protagonist, the early protagonist, he's not really trying to lead this guy anywhere. 
right? He's, he's mm-hmm. actually just following along, right? So in his perspective, this, this weird guy who flew out of the turnstile is like making a run towards the door, but that's actually not the motive at all. The guy is actually making a run towards the turnstile, but it's in reverse. Um, one thing I thought, and I, you know, remember from when you did this minute three episodes ago, um, <laughs> you know, there's no one in the other side of the room at this point. Right. Yeah. But he is still very careful about how, you know, and I'm talking about the later protagonist, how the gun moves away from the protagonist and then he empties a shot through the window. Oh, mm-hmm. the, except this time he's catching the bullets. Yeah. As from our perspective, from the and it, it earlier does, protagonist's perspective, they're going into the gun. It does seem like he's looking through the window to see if there's anyone there. But I don't remember, like, was was anyone in the room at this point? Like, Neil should be over there. No, he's gone. No, no, because he chased him out. Yeah, there's nobody over there from that from that perspective. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's a missed opportunity to have also the later protagonist running as the bullets are coming in behind him. Well, but he's already gone. That's the thing. I know that's a thing. Yeah, he runs out too fast. That it's but like it was such a big obstacle. deal. In- it was such a big deal in your minute, though, to make sure he's not shooting himself. But he's already gone. Like, he's way gone. Yeah. I, I think I I couched that as I wish I would have seen more of that, like him running <laughs> yeah. away from the bullets. Um. <laughs> if I was if I was really good in my prep of this show, I would have went back and watched <laughs> the later. The, diff- the differences <laughs> yeah. between the two cuts, yeah, they're the very different. Yeah, they um, are. They are different. <clears throat> anyway he also, they also lock eyes for a second they do yeah, yeah that's right um yeah you kind of have to in a proofing window because you both have to look through it you, you've said that before i mean i don't think you need to lock eyes right it's not like a slow dance i guess the person on the other side doesn't need to look back at himself Mm-mm. right yeah because the, wanna... the person going in needs to see themselves you either need to see yourself come out or you need to see yourself go in, depending on which direction of time you're yeah. you're going into. That's true. Because if you're just but if you're running out of it or you're coming out of it, you don't need to look over. I guess. The proofing window is a kind of a wild concept. Yeah, and the problem is we never see it malfunction or show something. I want to see it malfunction, yeah. There's that one time at the end where he's the proofing windows on the floor and he kind of looks down. We don't see the reverse shot. And then he goes over and instead of going to the turnstile, he talks to cat. And that's another missed opportunity where it could have shown like, Oh, I guess I'm not ready to go through yet. And he goes and does something else and then comes back. And then we don't see it, but we, we assume he goes through the turnstile properly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, um, Let's continue. Yeah. Can <laughs> so I don't have a lot left, actually. This There's no dialogue here, obviously, uh, and it's just lots of action. So we do cut to Neil running through the hallway, chasing the normie pro or yeah, chasing the. Yeah, he is the normie pro at this point. Right. So mm-hmm. both Neil and the protagonist that comes through his side are both normal flowing time. We cut back to the protagonist fighting. We're still in reverse. We're still through. The, I wrote shooting through the window, but we're not. We're catching bullets through the window. Mm-hmm. 
and then we get a little flip motion and then the the, <laughs> the the protagonist stabs the later protagonist in the arm which is great so I many like, so many flips yeah there's some <laughs> really was, good ones i yeah. think they just the one thing that looks good in reverse and forwards it's like makes sense there's some really cool ones actually uh, all the punching doesn't kind of look great but like these well the flips, punching these these wrestler moves look great <laughs> i'm gonna talk about the punching actually yeah. so we've got this it's very complicated wrestling and like like they they exit the room into the hallway i can't actually understand the maneuver that gets them into the hallway that one was really hard yeah <laughs> so, you don't get a full wide shot of it <laughs> no um but then there's this like reverse flip both are on their feet the gun gets kicked out of the protagonist hand, early protagonist hands and then the later pro he's on the ground he does this like reverse flip and then he ends up with the protagonist in a in a headlock it's totally yeah. dope actually if you think about this right cuz <laughs> You know, if you're the Go ahead, if, you're, yeah. if you're the later protagonist, you know, I'm all, you're you're thinking like it's already happened, right? So he's mm-hmm. just like thinking like I'm gonna reverse flip into a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that it's that it's that same thing I was talking about before, where there's a beginning, middle, and end to this fight scene, which usually isn't like something Nolan does a lot, where the in the beginning of the fight, chronologically from your point of view the later protagonist has the upper hand because he's been fighting the fight longer. So he's learned stuff. Right. And the earlier protagonist gets more confident in his fighting as he gets to the end of it, because that's how his chronology is working. So that's why he has the upper hand at the end when he's holding him to the ground and he has the gun on him. It's, 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 I think that's really uh, well done and kind of gets missed in this action scene. So I, I do have questions about that moment, but we don't get to that moment <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. minute. So we got a whole, we're going to pause on those, <laughs> but the fighting for sure. Right. So like the protagonist, the early protagonist does get like a slight upper hand early on. Cause he stabs him in the arm. Yeah. Uh, but then from that point, it's all, it's all downhill for him. He just, he's getting beat. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's losing this chess match. Cause you know, the reverse flip into the headlock and then and that's this uh, one lock pick because the other one broke. Right. <laughs> He's only got one. He's, oh, I'm out of, I'm out of quarters. <laughs> the, the earlier, so he gets out of the headlock because he kicks off the wall, right? Mm-hmm. And now we, now they're face to face, right? So now the early protagonist is going hand to hand and he starts punching, but he misses every punch. Like yeah. every single punch <laughs> is an absolute miss, but that's intentional, right? It's like awkward and kind of mm-hmm. quiet because like he doesn't, he, you can't punch someone in reverse. Um, yeah, that's why that kind of fight style doesn't look good in this <laughs> then in this format. Yeah, they get turned around. Then the protagonist starts taking bigger swings, misses every time. Right? <laughs> uh, and then he gets clocked with an elbow and then thrown into the wall, <laughs> mm-hmm. which like should end the fight. Honestly, like you get hit in the face <laughs> with an elbow and then yeah. head into a brick wall or, so, you know, concrete. Wall. Oh, you ever watch those MMA fights that end in like 15 seconds? Yeah, it does, a, does a spin around an elbow to the yeah. head. That, elbow, yeah, elbow that, to the head is going to get you every time. <laughs> that's a that's an instant knockout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least knock to the ground uh, for like a good yeah. ten to fifteen seconds, right? <laughs> Enough time for the later protagonist to escape. Like that was a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's actually that's the end of my minute. Um, and then thinking about this. Uh, like what, what side of the fight do you want to be on here? Do you want to be in normal time or reverse time? Uh, it doesn't matter. You're always, from your perspective, you're always like properly you, you know, 
it's the other person. I feel like. Like that flip, right? And this is I, the thing. If like, you know if you know what's going on, I think you can have an advantage on either side. But guess, you need yeah. to know it. You need to know like in this the protagonist for the first time is fighting an inverted person. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Oh, it, okay, this is just like the bullet. I have to have punched him in the head. <laughs> or something, right? You know, it's like he's trying to figure it out from that working with inanimate objects. Yeah. I was just thinking it would be fun to see if somebody who was inverted got hit in the head by a flying elbow, was knocked unconscious for 15 minutes, and he's like slowly getting closer to the moment where he gets hit in the head and he has a like <laughs> a, a migraine or something, like the, the oh, yeah, arm yeah. that's getting worse. And then all of a sudden he's just like out and then awake and he's like, he doesn't know what happened. <laughs> like, right? Because, and you're in a fight. <laughs> I just feel like. If I'm the reverse protagonist, right, and I want to elbow this guy in the face, I just have to think, oh, it already happened. And I'm just going to move my elbow back, and his face is going to be smashed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I, I don't, I don't, like, the mechanics of this make no sense, honestly, right? Because oh, I'm going to... The mechanics of time travel make no sense. <laughs> the mechanics of uh, the reverse entropy. Time, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on the record and say time travel might still be plausible. Reverse entropy, no, because here's the thing, right? Like, if that reverse flip is the best example, because he does that reverse flip, right? That's just like not physically possible, though, right? Like, physics only work one way, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get into that in my minute. Oh, my great. Let's get about, to your minute. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to your minute because I'm my I'm minute's lost. all talking about time travel. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm, uh, I'm drinking my hot chocolate bourbon here. <laughs> oh yeah, you were no joke about that. I was like, I no, thought I, gotta... I thought we were doing holiday happy hour. <laughs> I would have, but like things got changed with like, watching the kids and everything. Yeah, because I gotta. <laughs> All right, we're here's where we go. We're in a shipping container. One hour, thirty eight minutes, twenty one seconds. A banging wakes up the protagonist. Uh, Neil looks at the people, says, "We're on a truck." Shouldn't be too long now. Uh, this is probably some of um, Neil's best acting. What's his name? Robert Patton. Robert Batman's son's best Batman's acting, son. I think. Batman's son. Batman's son. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a truck. Shouldn't be long now. And this is just like, this is cutting between like uh, shot, reverse shot. There's like probably several hours or even days between these uh shots uh, it's like more like a montage of people talking um later in the sh uh, shipping container uh neil looks over and sees a protagonist like examining his arm and like trying to stretch it out i forgot how many times they uh, lead up to his arm is getting worse uh, neil says you in pain he says i must have got nicked in talon he rolls down his sleeve and then he gets into the heavy stuff here uh, this is the protagonist talking. He says he must have got nicked in town. And then he goes, uh, in a later scene, so we moved on. Uh, I've been thinking with our ancestors, if they destroy us, won't they destroy them? And Neil says, bringing us to the grandfather paradox. And this whole time, Neil is like sleepy time, laying down in bed. Um, and then the protagonist goes, the what? And, I mean, it's kind of implausible that the protagonist has been dealing with time travel and not 
done any research into the <laughs> theoretical physics of this uh, because the grandfather paradox is the most well-known paradox uh, and problem with time travel. Uh, so he says, the what? Uh, there's a part that's cut out here uh, from the script. In the script, it says, uh, Neil says, the classic thought experiment, but th that part's cut out in the movie and he just goes right to, if you went back in time and killed your own grandfather, he could have been born to commit the act. The pragmatist goes, what's the answer? Neil says, there is no answer. It's a paradox. But in the future, those in power clearly believe that you can kick grandpa down the stairs, gouge his eye out, slit his throat without consequence. The protagonist goes, could they be right? They believe it. So they're willing to destroy us. Can you please let me go back to sleep? <laughs> or he doesn't say please. Can I go back to sleep? <laughs> and then that leads us into kind of what we were talking about last week. Uh, the last part of this is, no, I thought of something else. <laughs> Neil goes, great. And this is some of his best act because he's, in all these dialogues, he's constantly throwing away like the first thing. You can barely understand the first sentence he says. And then he kind of says the last part very clearly. Wait, can we talk great. about the grandfather paradox real quick? Oh, yeah. I just have the last part here. So okay. let me just finish this up and we'll dump into the, that part. He says, great. And then this reversing the flow of time. Doesn't us being here now mean it never happened? That we stop them? Because they're on their journey to, you know, to pull off this thing. And he's trying to think, oh, since I'm here now, that must mean... But this is the optimistic, pessimistic conversation that happens later. Both outcomes are, are not only possible, but they are 100% probable in a many worlds universe. But putting that aside, we discussed the many worlds theory last week. This week, grandfather paradox. <laughs> so that's the end of my minute, their little conversation. Um, last episode, you can go hear about the many worlds <laughs> theory. So grandfather, grandfather paradox, yeah, grandfather paradox, right? So like I was thinking about this during my minute, um, later protagonist has the gun, like he could kill his past self. Right. Uh, and like, maybe he should, right. Well, why not? What's not like, he's already made, like he knows the later protagonist is like, Oh, I already did this. Right. <laughs> like this guy doesn't need to keep doing it. Right. I could just kill this guy and continue on with the mission. But then, like, how did he himself get there? Well, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. Yeah, I mean, it's, I like you, like, you don't have to. You don't have you to. You don't have to answer down, the you question. Just, <laughs> you yeah. just threw me down the stairs, gouged my eyes out, and slit my throat with that. You do. The... You can't. You can't. You, you with can't your loaded die. <laughs> the, the, the exact weight of which you knew, you threw me down the stairs. It's an Inception reference because that's what he says. Paradox. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's a good. While well, the song actually. "Paradox" is playing, <laughs> you can't debate it. Um, it's just more of a thought experiment. But this I think is the he way. could. I think he could. I think he. I think he could just off himself, early self, and be like, "I don't want to have this fight. You're going to stab me in the arm in two seconds." <laughs> Pop. I did I did go down like a, a rabbit hole of grandfather paradox because even though we know it so well, and my favorite example of it is comes from Futurama, the I'm my own grandfather or oh, <laughs> yeah. Ros, Roswell that ends well episode is absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Explanation of the grandfather paradox. Uh, where spoiler alert, uh, Fry solves it by becoming his own grandfather <laughs> after killing his grandfather. <laughs> but 
whoever was talking with this? Oh, I went down the rabbit hole of these and I watched a couple of uh, videos of physicists talking about time travel um, and in the like molecular sense of time travel. And it's like even in quantum physics, there's, you know, the theory of relativity has some time travel aspects of it where you can go back in time. But we think that's actually not possible. And there's probably some sort of law of physics that prevents that. We just have not discovered it yet. Uh, is that's a Neil deGrasse Tyson's, uh, uh, my paraphrasing of Neil deGrasse Tyson's explanation of that. But he's like, yeah, time travel is possible because we're doing it right now. We're going into the future and we can speed it up. We can slow it down. Time is relative. But the reversing of uh, entropy and reversing of time, is, there's probably some filter, something that prevents that. Because if it did, it, you get the grandfather paradox. And that's why. Um, it's probably something that prevents us from doing that. We just don't know what it is yet. Not just people, but particles and you know things. I think Interstellar actually solves it for us, right? You can't go back in time, but you could you could cut through time if you have mm -hmm. a four dimensional tesseract lying around. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I I've watched those uh, those behind the scenes things. I feel like Tenet is. Um, a result of that script writing process because um, Christopher Nolan said several times he really wanted to do going back in time as part of that story. But the, mm -hmm. the Kip physicist guy kept explaining to him, no, there is no possibility of going, there's no going back in time. Right. <laughs> and then this movie is a, the script came from his, his limitation in that movie to use time travel. Yeah. Screw off Kip. I'm doing yeah. it anyway. <laughs> and I think next week to tee up next week's episode is when we'll discuss what, uh, Christopher Nolan's thought process and solving the time travel paradox, solving these little inconsistencies within his script and within his movie explains. And you know, just next, it's the prevailing winds uh, theory that will be explained in my next minute. More exciting before we end, right? <laughs> um, I'm excited for Oppenheimer, but I'm, I'm, I'm maybe more excited for what comes after Oppenheimer because I think Oppenheimer is going to be incredible. Right. I think it's going to be really good just because, yeah. you know, I'm excited because I remember 2020, I was around this time or it was sometime in January. I put in a leaf slip to my boss for the opening day of Oppenheimer. And I was with plans to go watch it 70 millimeter uh, in, a, in a theater in Seattle that still projects 70 millimeter. Oppenheimer or Tenet? A tenant. So okay. I was a tenant. I was very excited to go see the tenant at 2020. And then of course the pandemic hit and that didn't happen. <laughs> I think uh, I'm excited. I think Oppenheimer will be good. I think it'll be, you know, it's going to cover like just really big themes, right? Around... Yeah. I have to check to see if they're going to project it in 70 millimeter. Um, this I think one. I know that it was a, it was yeah. a big thing that they were like tenant in the projecting 70 millimeter big screen. Uh, very excited to go do that but maybe i'll just watch it in imax gotcha um i don't know i'm excited but even more excited like what because hopefully the next movie is is some kind of heist movie right yeah, he to, seems to be like maybe mixing his histories like like dunkirk was a history with something sci-fi yeah because he's not going back to like comic book movies or anything so he's going to do original stuff and like you know, it's going to be kind of like, like the Shakespeare model. Like, yeah. okay, like, okay, I'll write a tragedy and then I'll write a comedy. Right. So this seems like his histories, his tragedies in the Dunkirk model. But so far he's only done Dunkirk. 
about a real event. I think the prestige is based on a true story. Anyway, Tesla, Tesla <laughs> actually cloned himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's around. He's around here somewhere. There's a million David Bowies. <laughs> somewhere. Oh, I, I, you know, if anything, I wish he was. I wish there oh was. Oh my God. Could you imagine if there was? <laughs> what a magical world we'd live in if there was a million David Bowies. I, Instead, we get a bunch of dead Hugh Jackmans. <laughs> <laughs> I was late to the David Bowie bandwagon, uh, but now I'm on it and I'm just, I'm obsessed with his work. So yeah, it's yeah. so funny. I know him mostly through movies. <laughs> so like Labyrinth. <laughs> I never saw Labyrinth. Oh, really? No. Yeah, it's, it's a trippy thing. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. This is, I was like, episode. shoot, this guy made music. <laughs> really good music really good too really good music was he appreciated this time he was he was but i think he might well i don't, I don't know if he's more appreciated now my kids are obsessed with him they love his stuff oh, really yeah my, my oh turn are, on labyrinth for them they have their, their their music taste is way too adult for them that's <laughs> yeah, crazy uh, if you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, review this podcast and whatever service you found us on today. Rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning. Thanks.